Welcome to Greenways, a podcast sharing stories and equipping real-world Jesus followers to see the kingdom of God break into the vocational space where they lead. And welcome to Greenways podcast. I'm Gareth. I'm Johnny. And we are delighted to welcome you back with us. It's great to have you. Now it's almost summertime and there's so much happening. <laughs> it definitely is summertime. It's warm. It has been for like three weeks. Painfully warm. Mm, Painfully warm. It's like sleeping with the window open, kind of warm. Yeah, it's not much crack when you're running though, is it? It's not much crack when you're running. Well, I I, I don't know. I, I, I can kind of photosynthesize when I run. I'm quite a solo powered runner. You're annoying to run with. Like we went yeah. out for a run the other day. It's 20 odd degrees and Johnny gets faster and faster as he runs. As I photosynthesize. I can't breathe with the humidity. <laughs> I feel like I need an oxygen tank to run the greenway with these yeah. days. It's awful. I did, um, I did have to do a 5K time trial recently and I saw the good weather coming on my app and I thought, oh my goodness, it has to be today because it was kind of 20 degrees plus for the rest of the week. It was still very muggy though and I was was dripping. I was like in a sauna kind of sweat, you know, halfway around. I'm glad to hear that. The problem with, with sweating when you run is there is chafing when you run, which is a whole different experience. You don't get chafing in winter. Strange thing. I've actually never, I've never very, very rarely, if ever, had a blister. I just, for some reason, my feet are just good in new shoes. And then I never chafe. Uh, I was going to say, I wasn't talking about feet. Okay. Well, yes, I do get, yes. I get so, a, so some more sensitive parts of the body. Yeah, there's one type of chafing that I experience. There's another that of the nipple variety that I've never... Okay, ne- okay, never okay. had nipple chafing. Okay, okay. Well, first time Johnny is nipple chafing, we will upload a photograph onto Instagram for you sure. guys. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Here, tell me this. Um, are the appearance of your new trainers something to do with uh, Jude Hill's trainers? Funny you should ask. I am <laughs> in a pair of bling bling trainers at the minute. And after interviewing Jude Hill, who is without doubt our most fashionable guest, uh, no <laughs> offence to the rest of them, I felt a little bit inspired, and not that I need an excuse, but a little bit inspired to go and buy a new pair of trainers. I don't think they're just as cool as hers. Mm. What's exceptionally annoying is the first day I wore them, I was at a fire pit and a spark came out and landed <laughs> and has melted a little black hole on the front of my new white trainers. It so could have been worse. It could have been up in flames. It could have been on a chafed part of my body, but no, anyway. Anyway, today's guest might be, she might be the most fashionable guest so far, Um We'll, we'll soon see. Mm-hmm. So our today's guest is uh, Priscilla Reid, and many of you listening in will be familiar with Priscilla Reid. She's uh, one half of a legendary duo, right? Uh, Paul and Priscilla Reid, who were there at the very beginning of CFC, which uh, is a church... I mean, I spent a lot of time in CFC as a young person at 7 o'clock. They used to call it the old uh, hands-down Sunday morning, hands-up Sunday night um, thing, you know, where you would go to the 7. But I feel like... CFC as well as growing in its own right has been resourcing and leading other churches all all across the country as a kind of third wave church um, setting the pace in many ways in terms of like music uh, missional engagement with the world missional engagement locally too Um, and yes Priscilla Reid has uh, interestingly a prophetic gift Gareth so this gift, uh, spiritual gift of hearing God's voice in real time for the building up and the encouragement of others. Um, 
it's an obviously supernatural gift. Mm-hmm. Super exciting. Mm-hmm. I remember Priscilla doing a church weekend for us once when she... Uh, for us being Orangefield? Being Orangefield, yep. yeah. She did a church weekend and, and sort of uh, exercised this prophetic gift and, and, and brought the voice of God to bear on some of the, the lives of the people in the room. And it was like, it's electrifying when that happens because it's so, um, yeah, it's it's so kind of immediately and obviously supernatural so and her passion is not just in terms of using that gift in mm-hmm. terms of obedience but actually equipping other people to learn to hear god's voice and Perfect. to explore that gifting in their own lives johnny the only problem we have <laughs> is that you um yes. being the administrative guru that you are have double booked yourself yeah yeah sort of um i've i've actually had a call rearranged a number of times so uh, i'm on a program at the minute with some of the guys um in alpha canada and it's this kind of um, global program for emerging leaders which i'm just about squeezing into at 31 i think i'm probably at the far end of it but um yeah we've rearranged this call a number of times and i really have no choice now but to to take it today which i'm glad to hear because actually when you told me you couldn't (laughs) do the call i thought oh my word he's become sensationist (laughs) or he's now suddenly opposed to women leaders in the church but no none of that Uh, he has just double booked himself yeah so Guys, I will be back in a second with Priscilla Reid and Johnny is I'll going to be... I'll be back in 40 minutes and find out how it was. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He, he may crash in earlier than that, but more than likely back for the conclusion. So we'll speak to you soon. And Greenways listeners, we are back with Priscilla Reid. What a treat, Priscilla, to have you. You're so welcome on Greenways podcast. Thanks, Gareth. It's just brilliant to join you today. Looking forward to it. And and we're really excited to hear your story and to uh, learn a little bit, uh, particularly around the the whole area of the prophetic and hearing God's voice and and moving in obedience and harmony with the Spirit. I, Greenways fans, Johnny has has left us for today. He is um, got pulled into an alpha call in with Canada, not in Canada because of COVID, but with Canada. So I'm flying solo today with Priscilla. Dave's in the booth as well, doing all the tech stuff. But Priscilla, we always start with our our guests on Greenways asking some yes no questions, um, which it's really difficult because you only get to use one word answers for these. So, and it's a chance for people to get to know you a bit as well. So let me ask you. Do you wear socks in bed? No. Excellent, you've passed. Irish League football, yes or no? No. Oh, your husband will be horrified by that answer. <laughs> um, he, he even I, I was asking him last night something about cups and leagues and he went, honestly, I can't believe that you've been married to me all this time and you still don't know anything about this. Oh, fabulous. Um, what about... Um, Kitty 10p mix-up sweets. Or? Just just yes or no? Just yes or no. No. No? Oh, really? Okay, okay, okay. Um, What about coffee after seven? Unfortunately, at my age now, no. And final question for you, Priscilla. Dry robes. These dry robes are a real craze over Northern Ireland. Do you own a dry robe or do you aspire to own a dry robe? No. 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 <laughs> I'm glad. Do you know, I, I've seen people walking down East Belfast, down Belmont, down Ballyhackamore wearing dry robes, not an ocean in sight. What are they playing at, you'd wonder? 
Apparently, it's the same thing. I've just heard about it recently. Yeah, no, apparently so. I haven't got one yet, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Priscilla, we're, we're delighted to have you on. Um, I, I would love just to, to ask you to share with our listeners a little bit about your faith and your leadership journey. Okay. Um, well, I was I was brought up in a Christian home. My mum and dad are still alive. They're in their 90s. And they are passionate lovers and followers of Jesus and have inspired me all my life. I'm so grateful to them. And so I was brought up in that in that in that atmosphere, but in a pretty conservative evangelical church, mm-hmm. you know, with very conservative views on things like the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and the gifts of the world. But nevertheless, you know, became a Christian when I was a young I mean, the one time I remember I probably asked Jesus into my life myriad times mm. but the one time i remember was around 12 when i was at a youth camp and uh yeah and 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 you know i i don't ever remember you know i'm not one of those people who in my teens went on walkabout you know i just once i committed to the lord i just loved him and wanted to follow him and wanted to serve him and so you know through my teens and then into university years mm. You know, I was I was very involved in now because of the conservative nature of our church, I loved it and I, I loved the people in it. But as a woman, you were very restricted, very, course, very yeah, yeah. in what you could do. So any outlet that I had was outside of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, we ran youth clubs, we took away youth camps, we did children's work, we did evangelism work, you know, but we did that all outside of the structure of the church and then I was involved in stuff at school at Queen's I was involved in CU um, and and always sort of in an area of leadership just mm-hmm. you know, I think I, I didn't understand about leadership I didn't understand even how God gifts you but I kind of fitted in there I, I think by personality and I think you do you know what and I, I think you do fit into the role God has for you not of just because he yeah. gives you you know, because of how he's built you, because of yep. your, your personality as well. So I just, you know, served God in whatever capacity I could for for many, many years. Um, and then and then it was, you know, a discovery of who the Holy Spirit was and the gifts of the Spirit, which radically changed, you know, my world. I suppose my worldview, if I'm being honest, I always say it was like somebody... You know, in my day, this shows my age. It was like changing your TV from black and white to color. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just yeah, like yeah. it was radically, radically different for me. And um, how did that happen, or when also, did that happen? Well, it happened. We, Paul, and I had felt the Lord really calling us to to start a church in our own house. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, like. People didn't talk about church planting in those days. You know, it wasn't part of our conversation, but we just knew the time had come to leave where we were and start something new. So we were pretty desperate. We didn't know what we were doing. And and we were really seeking God in a fresh way. And mm-hmm. we went to Spring Harvest. You know, people would know about Spring Harvest. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, of course, um, yeah, yeah. So, so we went to the very first one ever. And... Um, and, you know, we, we were introduced to a charismatic style of worship. You know, that's where I heard someone prophesy for the first time. Uh, just a whole, you know, new way of doing things. 
And uh, we that was the first year. Then we went back again another year. And actually, Paul went to a seminar on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. Go, he went very skeptical, hmm. um, but ended up coming back to me and saying, something really weird has happened to me. You know, I, I started to speak in tongues. Class. And uh, he was sort of like, like I, I don't really believe in this stuff, <laughs> and uh, and so I, initially I was very happy for him, very pleased, and felt it was part of our seeking God. But then very quickly I became a bit confused, but because of my background, because I knew my mum and dad had such a love of the Lord, mm-hmm. and I thought if these things were for today, I think they would have experienced that. So I sort of went on a year struggling through it all. Until I did really feel the Lord spoke to me from Isaiah. You know those verses that say, forget the former things, don't dwell yeah. in the past, doing a new thing. And I felt like I had to leave all my questions about my parents to the side and just seek God for myself. Mm-hmm. And so for mm-hmm. me, it was just, it was a matter of faith. I just said, Lord, I need to be filled with your Holy Spirit. And will you do it? And and I, I just believed that because I'd asked, he, would, he did it. And then after that, I did find a release in some of the gifts of the Spirit that I hadn't experienced before. Amazing. Amazing. And then you guys went on to, that, that little church plant became CFC, is that right? Well, we there was a there was a group of young people okay. who into the things of the Spirit, um, and they called themselves the Fellowship in those days. And so we joined with them mm-hmm. and then... Out of that came CFC as we as we know it today. Fabulous. And what a blessing to not just the members, but actually the, the landscape around Belfast and Northern Ireland CFC has been. I know I've been really blessed by friendships there um, and, and teaching this community there and events I've been along to. So thank you for what you guys have pioneered and done there. It's been great. It um, was an adventure. It definitely was an adventure. Um, you're... Retired, sort of retired, kind of retired. I, I, I get the impression you're as busy as you ever been. <laughs> yes. I mean, Paul obviously handed over the leadership of CFC over 10 years mm. ago now. And so is that how long? It, My word. Goodness. Yeah, okay. It is. It's over 10 years. So people call that retirement. But I said to Paul, before you retired, I had a life. And now you've given me another <laughs> life. Two lives. It became really crazy busy. So for the last 10 years, you know, we, we have traveled a lot. I mean, I think we really felt the, the main thing we felt was good. We're passionate about local church. Yeah. And so I, we think we've ta- you've taught us some things about local church. So if we can help any younger couples um, to fulfill God's call in their lives in the setting of local church, then we're available to do that. So we just made ourselves available and it ended up, you know, then we, we started to travel and um, and to try and have, you know, helpful input, let's say, yeah. wherever wherever God opened doors. So that that's what we've been doing for the last 10 years. I love that. I love that. Uh, and thank you for being those fathers and mothers to so many. Um, so in a moment, we want to talk and press into one of those giftings that I know you carry in the prophetic and help our, our listeners think about that in their leadership areas. But 
that that's fueled partly by your own devotional rhythms. Um, the kind of lifting the lids on, on what we see at the front uh, is a life, I, I imagine, of prayer and devotion to Jesus. To tell our listeners a little bit about the fuel that you put in, about your own relationship and your rhythms with Jesus. Garth, I think that's such a, a vital aspect of the prophetic, actually, that we'll go on to talk about. Because to me, um, at the heart of it is is listening and hearing from God. And of course, that's basic discipleship. Yep. You know, that's not for the reserved few uh, of people who want to specialize in, in, in the prophetic. It's for all of us. Mm-hmm. And so I absolutely agree. If you, if you want to grow in any of the gifts God has given you, then it, it comes back down to your own, you know, spiritual love relationship with the Lord. Um, and, and actually... You know, just a, a way aside on that, mm. I'll, I'll speak about the rhythms in a minute. But especially when we got involved, you know, in church, Paul was the pastor there. I was in the leadership team and on the eldership team. Um, and you're serving the Lord all the time. Mm-hmm. I find that my relationship with the Lord started to get very functional. Mm-hmm. You know, that I was looking to him to give me stuff because of the things I had to do. And I remember one day God really challenging me and saying, Priscilla, I don't want a functional relationship with you. I want a love That's relationship That's good. You. you know, it, it almost felt like I was rushing in and out of God's presence and saying, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me, because I wanted to be able to carry it away and share it with others. But I wasn't spending any time with them. So I find that especially when you're working in, in church setting, it's very easy for your relationship to become very functional. I, 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 think, I think we say that all the time. Somebody said to me a few years ago, um, think about the difference between friendship and function, especially as a church leader. And it was honestly the most sort of self-revelatory experience for me, both in terms of how I thought about my friendship with God and also how I thought of other people around church. Do I simply look at God and other people through a lens of functional? What can you do? Um, And realising actually, maybe it's because I'm 40 plus now as well, I'm I'm just much more interested in friendship. And I I think that's what God says to me as well. And you're saying, let's do friendship and the rest of the stuff will come. Absolutely, because, I mean, at the end of the day, a functional relationship isn't very satisfying, you know. And, of course, it's not what Jesus modelled out either, you know. I mean, he had genuine friendships. So for me, I I think, you know, that if if we want to grow and develop and mature as Christians, but if we also want to grow and develop and mature in our calling, it is about keeping those healthy rhythms, which has been why the last year, for us now, mm-hmm. it's not for everybody because people have young children and have had to do homeschooling, but it's been such a blessing. So, so for me, I would say um, the thing, like things like prayer, where I'm praying about a series of things, mm-hmm. I can't sit in a chair and do that. I my brain goes everywhere and I can't concentrate. So I walk every day. I do a forty-minute walk every day, and on that forty-minute walk. I go through all of the areas that I feel God has put on my heart to pray about. One of the main areas that I pray about are prodigals, because I've mm-hmm. had prodigals in my own family. always said to the devil, I'll make you really sorry that you touched my kids because I'll pray for every prodigal I'll ever come across. Wow, to make powerful. 
that they come to Jesus. So, uh, so I, you know, the things that that are on my heart to pray about, I will pray as I walk. But you know, there's little rhythms in my day, like things like you know, the Bible says, "Be filled with the Holy Spirit." So I attach things like that to things I do in a day. So, for instance, when I'm cleaning my teeth. That's the time I pray that I'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that. <laughs> I clean my teeth every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as I clean my teeth, I say I, that's a trigger for me. Okay, Lord, today fill me with the Spirit. Fill me my my mind, my body, my heart, all the rest of it. Um, and also, I'm not a morning person, so you know I don't get up and read and pray early in the morning. But as soon as I do waking up, I have my phone beside me. And I do the Bible app verse for today. Mm-hmm. I just read before I look at anything else. I, I do that. I, yeah, I do the same thing. Actually, yeah, that's really interesting. I just think it's really yeah. it's a really healthy thing to do before you start scrolling and getting into other stuff. Just get one little piece of God's word, and you know, put it into your mind and heart. And and actually, it is something that you can meditate on, and you know, and draw from in the day. So I do that, and then coffee time for me is you know, mid-morning coffee and I sit, that's when I do sit down and that's when I would read devotionally, yep. you know, it's for me, it's not, if I have to study for something else, I'll do that at another set time. But at that time, that's when I just say, okay, Lord, I'm opening up your word. Just come and speak to my heart. So that's, you know, something yeah. of the rhythms of my day. No, that's really helpful. And I love that. Uh, well, I, I'm really fascinated by Celtic spirituality and there's been such a, a resurgence in that lately and writing about it. And, and they were great at at building liturgy and prayer and devotional rhythms throughout all their daily practices. They talked about prayers for when they were cleaning the ashes out of the fire and prayers for when they were baking bread. And I, I don't know if they had prayers when they were cleaning their teeth, but I'm going to start doing that now. Uh, Your Holy Spirit, fill me while I'm sort of putting the Colgate around my teeth. It's great. <laughs> Um, I love that. Okay, Priscilla, tell us the first time you recall God speaking to you. Describe the experience, would you? Well, the one that stands out for me, Gareth, and I'm sh- I'm pretty sure God did speak to me before this, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. But the one that stands out for me was when I was dating Paul. And we had started to go out with each other from I was 15. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we'd been going out together for five years. And I, you know, we'd been talking about marriage, et cetera. And I was at university and, um, and we'd had this conversation this evening and we'd been talking about marriage and Paul came from a divorced family mm-hmm. and he looked at me and he said, Priscilla, like, I, I'm not ready to get married, but we'd been going together for five. He said, I want to marry you, but I'm not ready to mm-hmm. get married. And I was, of course, devastated. And he said, I think, he said, I think we should wait until you finish university, which was going to be another two years. And I said, but Paul, that's going to be seven years. I said, that's (laughs) ridiculous. It's far too long. And I was really, really struggling. And that night I came in and in my daily reading, it was the story of Jacob and, you know, and, and, um, and Rebecca. And it said, and Jacob waited seven years because, the love that he had for her. Well, it was as if, you know, God himself had appeared in the room to me. It really was. It was so clear yeah. as if the Lord said, it is a long time, but but my hand is on this and it's okay and you will, you'll make it. <laughs> and, uh, and it just brought a complete peace to my heart. You know, it really did. So that's the first time that really, you know, that really yeah, yeah. stands 
the mind. But I'm sure the Lord spoke to me before that. But I feel like that's the the one I remember. That's fantastic. No, thank you. Um, Green Maze listeners, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be back in a second to press deeper into the prophetic uh, and this gift and invitation that, that Jesus offers us. So welcome back, Green Maze listeners, uh, into section two with Priscilla. Priscilla, tell me, the, the term the prophetic, it seems to get used an awful lot these days. Uh, and sometimes when we overuse a term, it can be hard to be very clear in our understanding. How do you understand that term when I say to you the prophetic? Well, Gareth, it is, you know, when you say the prophetic, that is a that is quite a broad-based term. Yep. So I tend to think about it in, in three ways. I you know, it involves the prophetic gift, obviously, and the exercise of the prophetic gift, which is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit listed in the gift lists in the New Testament. Yep. So it involves that. But it also involves, when I think about the prophetic, I think that we are also as the church called to be a prophetic people. You know, just as Israel was called to demonstrate what God was like to the surrounding nations. So the church today is called to demonstrate what what our God looks like to our society, our community, to the people around us, and uh, that that we are prophetic in how we live out the kingdom of God and the principles of the kingdom of God amongst the people that God has put, put us in. So I think that is an equally important aspect mm-hmm. of the prophetic. And then for me, the third aspect of the prophetic is the role of a prophet, which, you know, the fivefold ministries in the New Testament of apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, evangelist, and and they are gifts to the body of Christ. They themselves, the people themselves, are gifts to the body of Christ, and that their role is that they would equip the rest of us for what God has called us to. So for me, when I think about the prophetic, I think about those three aspects of the prophetic. But the thing I think that I'm most passionate about is the exercise of the prophetic gift. And if you want, if I want, was going to give an explanation of that, I would say that that is basically trying to communicate to an individual or to a group of people what is on the heart of God. You know, what, what, is, what is on God's heart for, for that person as an individual? What is on God's heart for that church? What is on God's heart for that group of people? And that you would share it with them in a way, as it tells us in Corinthians, that would strengthen them, yep. encourage them, or comfort them. Like, you know, it can give direction. It, it, can, it can challenge. But essentially, it has to fall into the category of comforting, strengthening, and an encouragement. And if it doesn't do that, to my mind, going by a biblical explanation of what the prophetic gift is about, then it's it's not prophetic. I think we can get very mystical about the prophetic, you know, and and um, and some people want to model themselves on Old Testament prophets, you know, and have a bit of a glint in their eye and a wagging finger, and it's all doom and gloom, you know. So I I just I just feel like especially when we're learning to share what's on God's heart with people, it's so important that we 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 test what we're saying by saying, is this going to strengthen? Is this going to comfort? Is this going to encourage? That, so, that is so helpful. Yeah, I know. I love that. 
I, I love that sort of category to shape around sharing. I, I love the, the sort of three breakdowns of it. Press in a bit deeper for us, uh, particularly around the, the, the gift of the prophetic Priscilla. Um, can you share uh, a story or two of times when God has spoken to you that's led to a ministry opportunity or a chance to really encourage or bless someone? Um, I mean, I suppose lots and lots, but um, per, a personal one, you know, was even God challenging me and calling me as a woman mm. into leadership, you know. And and I, I remember, because I think God can speak, I mean, for me, God primarily speaks to me through his word. That's the primary way God speaks to me. Yep. But as I have learned to train my ear, and, and if you want to learn how to use the prophetic gift, I always say to people, the, the best place to start is train your ear to hear God's voice through scripture. Um, and then you will you will be more in tune to be able to hear what the Holy Spirit drops into your mind and your heart. And also that if you fill your mind with scripture, you know, I always say the prophetic isn't an idle thought wandering through an empty brain. You know, you've, you've got to. Fill your mind with the things of God so that maybe at the right time, God can draw from that. You know, you're meeting somebody, you have a verse in your mind and the Lord says, you know, that would encourage that person. Why don't you share it with that person? And then as you share it, maybe the Lord gives you a few other ideas and impressions that you can share with them as well. So for, so for me, God primarily speaks to me through through his word. But so I remember that time when Paul and I were seeking the Lord about our future mm -hmm. and what we should do. And we went to Spring Harvest. We heard a man called David Pawson speak mm -hmm. and he spoke from Deuteronomy 1 and he read out the verse, the time has come to leave this mountain. Hmm. And, you know, we had, and, and, and it wouldn't have meant, you know, if, if somebody had said that to somebody else, it wouldn't have had the same impact. But for us, it was, we're seeking you, God. Are we supposed to lead the church that we're part of? And that was a big deal for us, you know, and we were wrestling with it. The time has come to leave this mountain. And that started us on that on that journey of ministry, you know, that we have. Um, but but you know, more recently, what I what I find how the prophetic work works is, you know, I, I just have um a thought and impression of what the Lord wants to share with someone and you know, like, look, re recently I spoke to, uh, I was at a meeting actually, and I saw this lady and sometimes when I'm speaking, I will say to somebody, look, I feel like the Lord's got something for you. So I saw this lady and I said, you know, I, I just feel like the Lord is saying that he wants to plant new things in your life, that he's put a fresh packet of seeds in your hands and mm -hmm. you're going to plant those seeds and new things are going to be planted in your life and uh, and and some of the old stuff the old weeds he's just taken that all away and you're going to have a new fresh harvest and it was very simple it was just a simple little word like that but then she came up to me afterwards and she said you know my friend invited me to this meeting she told me that you sometimes do this thing called the prophetic i'm very skeptical i didn't really think that it was for today she was a christian yeah, yeah. I, I didn't believe in it um, but she said, yesterday, I went out and felt that God had said to me to go out and buy some packets of seeds and that I was to plant. And she said, I literally went out yesterday and bought some seeds wow. and planted the garden. So, you know, that, like, I was unaware of any of, of that. Of course, yeah, yeah. Me a wee simple word of encouragement that there was something fresh and new for her in her life. But because that had 
actually been happening with her, then it really did have a huge, it had a huge impact. So that's kind of how it works for me. No, I love that. I, I love how just every day and natural that that is as well. Um, here's a question. So as a, as a minister, I get asked this all the time when we speak about the prophetic, when we share words in church, when I, I'm talking to people in a mentoring way uh, about going deeper um, with the Holy Spirit, they'll say to me, how do you know it's God speaking? You've touched on this a little bit, but but. I, I I can hear our listeners ask, but how do you know it's God speaking, and it's not just being having a wee random thought in my head? I mean, I get asked all the time, Gareth, and it's a very very valid question. And the thing with the prophetic, particularly, is you have to keep in mind that it says in Scripture we prophesy in part. So you know, oh, it's yeah, okay. we don't get it a hundred percent right all of the time and that's why you have to apply some of those you know because it says in scripture as well that with the prophetic you've got to test it so you know part of the testing is is it encouraging is Mm -hmm. it strength comforting is it in line with the word of god all of those things but in terms of you know an assurance that it is it is god's voice um i always say you know it it doesn't sound any different to your own thoughts you know it's not like there's this voice that invades your brain that is a very different voice to your normal thinking but I suppose for me it's about expectation I just Mm. like I love Isaiah 55 where the Lord says you know give ear and come to me listen and your soul will live so you know just I think if we take that lip just at its face value and go okay Lord today I'm going to be intentional and I'm going to be listening to what you have to say for me. And I love what you said, Gareth, there. But, you know, that 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 daily thing, it's it's not just for, you know, church on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. It's not even for a small group. It's for all of that. But it's like, like I felt during lockdown, you know, okay, Lord, we're not traveling. We're not able to do the ministry we're normally doing. Does that mean that, you know, the gifts that you've given me have sort of fallen into disuse? And I just felt the Holy Spirit challenge me and say, no, every day, pers- I'll listen, I'll put somebody on your heart and then I'll give you a word of encouragement for them. And and that's what I did. So so for me, it's not a different voice. It's like I say, God, will you speak to me? And then I just trust, trust that the, the little, and it is a little thought. I mean, if some people you talk to, you know, you think like they've got a red hot line to <laughs> you know, and that God speaks to them in this great, big, big, loud voice. I always don't be intimidated by rampant God hearers, you know, people who say God tells them what to eat for their breakfast. You know, don't be intimidated by that. I just think if we say, Lord, I I just want you to speak to me today. Maybe it's for me personally, or you put so-and-so on my heart, Lord. Have you something you'd like to say to them? So if a verse comes to mind, if an idea, a thought, an impression, a little picture, sometimes you get a little word picture in your mind, you know, if a little picture comes to mind, Lord, what are you saying to this person that would be a blessing to them and would encourage them? And so I always say to people, if you're expecting it to come with, with huge clarity, then you, you won't move forward. Romans tells us that the prophetic has to be mixed with faith. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just have to get that little word, that little impression, that little thought, and be brave enough to open up your mouth and say it. 
And then it's it actually you have you have to offer it to the person yeah. and say you pray about it and see if this is what the Lord sent to you. You have to give them, you know, the chance to pray over it and say, look, is that what the Lord sent to me? And it's but some it's, and, and, yeah. And sometimes it's only whenever you you start to speak that out that the rest of the picture comes. I'm thinking of the story of Samuel as a wee boy in the temple and he hears God call. He goes to Eli. Uh, and Eli says, "No, go and lie down. It wasn't me calling you at all." And all he heard was was his name. It wasn't anymore. And I was on the third time. Eli said, "Next time you hear it, say, speak, Lord." And so when he says, "Speak, Lord," he gets the rest of the revelation. But it's only when he he leans into it. Absolutely, and I find that often. You know, God will give me a, a just a little impression, a little thought, or a, or a Bible verse. Yeah, and yeah. It's as um, it is as I share the the verse that I suddenly feel. Like the Lord, you've got something more to say. Like even, and and so that's why I'm saying, you know, if you want to be prophetic, you've got to get into the Word of God. You've got to, you've yep, got to, good. you know, sort of hold on to the truth, the the whole truth of what is in God's God's Word. But then the Holy Spirit comes and takes maybe one aspect of it and makes it particularly relevant. Like I was reading just before I came on, because I took my mom and dad out for coffee this morning, so I didn't have time to sit down and read. So I was reading just before I came on. And um, I read, there's a little verse in Nehemiah. And so if something stands out to me, I write it down in my notebook. Mm -hmm. And it just said that uh, Nehemiah appointed gatekeepers over the storehouses you know that 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 was an important role that he had to have gatekeepers who who guarded the storehouses. So I thought that's interesting, Lord. I don't really know what you're saying to me about that, but it's interesting. So I wrote it down. So God, even as we're having this conversation, like say if we were meeting in person and we're having mm-hmm. a week off, mm-hmm. I go, Gareth, I read this wee verse today. Do you know something? I really think the Lord's saying to you. You're one of those gatekeepers. God has appointed you as a gatekeeper in the house of God. And it's about encouraging people to use their gifts because the storehouse was they brought their tithes, they brought their first fruits, they brought their offerings. That your role is to encourage people to bring their gifts and and to use them to bless because it was to bless and, and provide for those who, you know, couldn't provide for themselves that as a gatekeeper, you are standing guard over that gate, encouraging people to use what God has given them to distribute it and and also like almost like a be a distributor of the weapons of warfare that, you know, that the storehouse also would have had weapons in it. And that you, I just see you giving out spiritual weapons to people to help them fight the spiritual battle that they're facing on an everyday basis so you know to, to be encouraged that that's part of the call of god in your life so that's how it works for me gareth i'll have a wee thought a wee idea a wee verse and maybe meet somebody and feel you know something you've got a wee word of encouragement for that person lord and and i think you know that so many of us count ourselves out and think it, it is so much more you know complicated but you know i think get around people who you know who maybe are prophetic and ask them what is it what yep. does it feel like for you That's to great hear advice. Yep. explain it to me tell tell me how it works for you yeah and, and to put it through that first corinthians filter of 
I have something I think I want to share. Is it strengthening? Is it encouraging? Is it comforting? And if it's not, just hold on to it a bit longer and go and check with a church leader and, and ask them to pray about it for you. Um, but but if it's one of those three things, it's not going to be a bad thing to share anyway. Exactly. You know, I, I always say, well, tr- you know, try to avoid, you know, marrying people off or sending them to Timbuktu to your babies and stuff. Hatches, you matches know, and dispatches. Yep. Try and avoid those things. Um, but other than that, you know, and, and in fact, when whenever I was sort of learning and growing in the gift, I remember talking to a man called Floyd McClung, who led YWAM for many years. Okay, yep. And I was peppering him with questions, exactly this, you know, how do you know it's God? All those sorts of questions. And he said, look, Priscilla, if you want to learn how to prophesy, begin by encouraging people. Mm, and I, I was a bit put off by that. I thought, oh, that's a wee bit. you know, I'm sure there's more to it than that. But, you know, now I look back and I think that was the very best advice. Because if you start doing, if you have a heart of encouragement, you know, that's the Lord's, that's the Father's heart for us. He wants to bless us. He wants to encourage us. If you start by encourage, encouraging people, it's not about flattery, but it's about listening to God and saying, you know, I think this is what this is what the Lord thinks of you, or this is what the Lord has for you, or this is, you know, how the Lord sees your situation at the minute. And uh, and and I think as you encourage people, then the Holy Spirit brings a prophetic edge yep. to that encouragement. I love that. I love that. Uh, Priscilla, we're, we're going to land this now in, in a second. Uh, I, I think what you have shared, it's so important. It, there's a temptation to think this is just for our, our listeners who who work in, in churches and in, in full-time Christian jobs, if you like. Um, th- this is equally as powerful for Jesus followers who work in real-world jobs, who are stepping into all the vocational spaces that, that God has brought you into and equipped you to, to work in and lead in. How much cooler to do your job hearing God's voice speaking into not just the, the job and role that you're doing, that is kingdom value in itself, but also into the lives of the people you're working with. Um, so I, I love this. Thank you so much. Not, Gareth, that's so important. I, I'm so convinced that the prophetic is about speaking to people's potential and even people who don't know Jesus, the Lord knows the potential that he's placed in them. So with your workplace, you don't have to go up to somebody and be spooky and say, God's spoken to me. <laughs> You know, you can yeah. genuinely have conversations with them where you point out their the, what the Lord is showing you about their potential. And I mean, I do it with my grandchildren now and, they, and friends and family who are not walking with God. I used to just worry out loud when I was praying for them, you know, just worry about them. And that's what I call praying. But, um, <laughs> but now I say, Lord, what do you see in them and what do you want me to pray into their yeah. lives? So, you know, the prophetic isn't even always about words you share with people, but it's how you intercede for people and how you pray for people, catching God's heart for them in that as well. Love that. Listen, thank you so much. Here, Priscilla, one of the questions we always ask our guests, and this is completely unspiritual, apart from the fact food is spiritual, so maybe it is spiritual. Um, Friday night, you know, quiet night in, what is the takeaway of choice for you and Paul? Uh, oh, I think it's, it, it tends to be a, a Chinese every uh, Chinese takeaway every time. And here, yeah. have you have you an East Belfast Chinese takeaway of choice for our listeners? Well, go for I it. would say the top of our list. It's the most expensive, but the top of the list is the Mandarin. It's hard it's, to beat, isn't it? It's good. It's more, it's absolutely brilliant. Having said that. 
Gareth, it always has to be followed through with. You asked me about sweets earlier on. <laughs> I'm a complete chocoholic. So it has to be followed by chocolate. Friday night's chocolate night. I, I, yeah, I endorse that 100%. <laughs> Priscilla, this has been a real treat. Thank you so much. Can I ask a favour? Normally, myself or Johnny will pray, but would you pray for the the, the listeners, the Greenways listeners? Uh, would that be okay? Absolutely. Fabulous. Thank you. It's a privilege. Father, we thank you so much that we are in relationship with the God who speaks today. Lord, that you still speak to your children. And just as Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I pray for every single person listening to this podcast today, that if they're a follower of of Jesus, that they will know that built into them, birthed into them by the new birth is an innate ability to hear the voice of God. And Father, that you would reassure them that they are able to hear your voice. I pray, Father, that you will stir that hunger for you in our hearts and um, one-way conversations are very boring lord and so we want to have those two-way conversations where we can pour our hearts out to you but that we wait and hear what you have to say to us mm. and i pray lord that for every single person listening nobody would count themselves out because lord you want to speak to every single one of them jesus said he who belongs to God hears what God says. So we we take hold of that today, Lord, and we pray that we would be intentional about listening to your voice. And then, Lord Jesus, be intentional about encouraging one another prophetically in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Priscilla, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate your time today. Not at all. It was my privilege. Thank you so much for asking me. Hey folks, so I've I've made my way back. Uh, I've just been on on Zoom with Canada, and it was great. More importantly, how was your time with Priscilla Reed, Gareth? It was great. So, so I'm just at this picture of you on a Zoom call with all of Canada. <laughs> no, it's not like that. It's, in <laughs> fact, it's just one guy. <laughs> uh, it, it was great. I have to be honest. Um, Priscilla is a little bit of a hero of mine. So I, I, oh, no. I, I felt a little bit like a fanboy. Oh, no. What so, did you do? Um, I, I just kind of geeked out and okay. um, yeah, re- really, really enjoyed <laughs> the laugh, interview. You laughed at all her jokes. And yeah, I didn't feel the pressure to look cool because you weren't here, Johnny. So okay. I just, yeah, it was great. Okay. Just went for it. Yeah, for sure. It, it was amazing um, hearing her own journey into ministry and uh, the, the development of her own gifting and the prophetic, but also talking really clearly about how she loves to equip others. And I think answering some questions that a lot of our listeners m- maybe have around the prophetic, mm. some of my takeaway things, she talked about, uh, and you'll not have heard this yet, Johnny, <laughs> but she talked about as she cleans her teeth in the morning, praying, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, fill me as she cleans her teeth okay. and making that a daily ritual. And just comparing that to sort of the Celtic Christianity, the, the rhythms of life and prayer. And I, I'm totally going to do that. I, I love that idea. Um, but also, which I, I don't know whether I, I was prepared for this or not, but she, she talked just about the centrality of the Bible. You know, I think people have a perception that CFC is this incredibly charismatic Pentecostal church, but 
um, from somebody like me coming from a reformed uh, word-centered tradition for Priscilla talking about the centrality of God's word in everything she does and the best way to grow in the prophetic is to grow in your love of scripture. Wow. Uh, I, I thought it was really fascinating and makes that journey into exploring the prophetic much more accessible for a lot of our listeners, mm-hmm. which was cool. So I, I want to give some homework. Okay. You up for that? Yeah, sure. Okay. We do so, it most weeks, don't we? I think so. I think so. Um, so here's the homework. Greenways listeners, uh, when you're next having your quiet time, your devotional time with God, whether that's morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it looks like, before you start, sit quietly and just acknowledge the Holy Spirit's presence, welcome him, and ask God to lay the name of somebody in your life on your heart. Just pay attention to the first name that pops into your mind. And then as you open your Bible to read, is there a verse that resonates? And then if it's encouraging, if it's affirming, if it's building up, then send that person a text, give them a phone call and say, God led you on my mind and I think he wants me to share this verse with you. And I would just, I, I encourage you this week, guys, to have it go and do that. That'd be really cool. Um, so we, uh, Gareth, we're coming in towards a season f- finale. Well, uh, it, technically this was the finale, but... Okay. But... <laughs> yes, we're going to squeeze in one more episode. Uh, and one more guest. Do, do, do you want to do a reveal or shall we wait until then? I guess uh, we're going to, we're, we're, we're going to drop it. In a week's time, isn't that right? We're going to try to drop it in a week's time. Okay. Um, this person phoned us up and said, I've heard what you guys are doing with Greenway's podcast. <laughs> Could done. I please come on? And we were like, nah, we're done. And then just the begging was um, yeah. hard to sort of re- resist. Yeah, any when, we, when we say the name, you'll know that's absolutely not true. Uh, we sent an email thinking this person will definitely say no to us. But actually they came back and said, I would love to be interviewed um, so next week next week yes. we are going to be interviewing Johnny um, Nicky Gumble from uh, Alpha International and HTB so uh, you're excited we're nervous <laughs> we will see you all or he- not see you all but speak to you all in a week's time guys have a great week <laughs>